Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And you're listening to 51 First Dates, a podcast about dating that reminds you it's okay to ignore that dude who texted you because... He ignored you for two years prior. I don't know. I'm trying to go back to when we would fill in the blank, but it's not. The ju- the, the juju, the juju, the mojo isn't there. Wow. Wow. It's a vacation. It's okay. You know, it's, it's the week between <sighs> Christmas and New Year's. Nothing really matters. We don't know what day it is. Um, and that's, uh, that's what it is. I, I mean, good about it. it's very true. It is, it is Monday. We're coming at you Monday after, um, you know, the Christmas holiday, but before New Year's, and I totally didn't realize it was Monday for part of the day today. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, how are you, Liza? You know, I'm okay. I, uh, I have a cold. It's not COVID. I got a test, but I don't know how I got a cold because I've been careful about everything. It's um, it's, and so I'm, and I'm working this week. So between those two things, I've just been a very fussy baby today. I think you have every right to be a very fussy baby, even if you were not working, even if you were not having a cold that was very scary until you found out it wasn't COVID. It's just a weird time in, you know, all of the years, in any year, in a normal year. This week is always, I, I want to embrace it. I'm trying to embrace it, but it's just weird and existential and working or not working. It's uh, just like you don't know what to feel okay with. Like the right – what's the right energy for the week between Christmas and New Year's? I never know. So. Totally. 100%. Fussy baby sounds uh, Other right. than just like lying in bed and watching stuff. Yes. Um, but we uh, are really excited for our episode today. We have a conversation with a listener and artist and creative, Erin Williams. And she tells us like about a very complicated situationship that she was dealing with in COVID. And it was a really great conversation. We had a really long conversation because it was super interesting. And she's just really smart and cool. And so we talked about a lot of things even before and after. So we're going to leave that interview kind of its full length because we think you guys will really enjoy it and it's super relatable. So we're just doing, you know, a quick, hot, quick intro. Yeah. And hot, quick uh, intro. What do we want to what do we want to say? We have a little bit of pod biz, a little bit of biz. I guess I just want to say, you know, usually this episode in other years would be us counting down like 10 dating moments from the year. What do we do? We do something, you know, that's reflecting on the year. But we both felt that 2020 was not a year to be reflected on. And it would be way more interesting to just hear from a listener who is so willing to share like a very detailed account of something I think a lot of us have gone through. With the energy of like, we will look forward in our with our new dater next episode with the new year, but we don't need to look back. That's just why we're not. Yeah. Like, fuck all this. We don't need to recap quarantine dating. Um, so we have somebody 
uh, smarter and who has an, a very interesting dating situation from the year. Um, and as Kimmy mentioned, we have a new dater starting next week. So excited. Super excited about that. Um, tune in to find out who they are, what their deal is. Maybe you've heard from them before. Ooh, I don't know. Um, and we're going to kick off 2021 with a new, a hot, fresh new dater. Absolutely. And if you have friends who like you have maybe talked about this podcast too, yes, I'm going to get desperate here, but you've talked about this podcast too, but never had them listen. It would be a great time to recommend it. Um, when we're starting with a new dater or you could throw them back to the beginning, and on that note, if you recommend this podcast to a bunch of your friends by tagging it in your Instagram story and or reviewing it on Apple Podcasts, screenshotting that review and sending it to us, we will enter you in a drawing to win a bomb ass vibrator, which is just like the best way to go into 2021 if I am similar to you or if you are similar to me. <laughs> 100%. Um, and that bomb ass vibra- vibrator is the Lilo Soraya. It's very fancy. It's a very fancy vibrator. And it's like a $250 value or something. And it's free for you, if for one of you, if we, uh, we're going to do the, that drawing sometime in January. So yep. so get your reviews in. Send the screenshots to 51firstdatespod at gmail.com. Or you can send them to our Instagram stories. Or sorry, our, <laughs> DM them to us on Instagram. Um Yeah. And yeah, we love it. We appreciate it. Even if, you know, you don't feel like entering because you're anti-vibrator for some reason. We just appreciate all of your support, you know, with a new celebrity launching a podcast every day. Like growth has been tricky. (laughs) I mean, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle now have, you know, a podcasting label with Spotify. So we love you all and appreciate your help and support in getting the word out. And yes, that is that is the biz, right? Follow us. Send us your worst first. Send us your questions. We love it. Send us your voice notes. That's how we ended up having a conversation with a listener today. We love you. (laughs) 100%. And we are going to take just the briefest of breaks. Or do we want to do content? We can do a quick consumption corner. Only because I feel that it's a valuable time if people are looking for things. That's completely true. I'll, I'll do my top consumption of the week. Sounds good. Um, and it is the movie Soul on Disney Plus. So Did you watch good. it? I watched it's it so on good. Christmas. It was so good. If you, uh, it's so many feelings, but I, yeah, it was excellent. I cried a lot. Um, yeah, it's as though they knew that it, this year would be the way it was. I don't know. It was just put things in perspective. Yeah, it's so great. And, and Pixar is just like my favorite ever. I mean, like even they're not as great movies are better than like ninety percent mm-hmm. of other movies. And this was a really, really good Pixar movie and beautiful. And the music's really great. All the um jazz music was was um perf- done like the jazz piano and the main characters of pianist was done by John Batiste, who's Stephen Colbert's band leader, who I just have like a massive crush on and think is the most talented musician and just like an incredible human. Um. So music was great. Like, the whole experience was just so good. So that's my that's my top hot pick in Consumption Corner. I'm so glad because we were just going to do a top pick, but I had like three I wanted to shout out and that was one of them. So covered. I'm just going to, because I watched On Point, the Disney Plus show about the School of American ah, Ballet. Oh my God, yeah. I told Liza already, but I would just highly recommend that. It just feels like the right vibe for this time. Um, Definitely check that out. And then I have, this will not be fresh, but I have watched Bridgerton. I have started Bridgerton. It is also right for this time and vibe. I wasn't sure if I'd be into it 
in the way that I am, but something is comforting about seeing a bunch of like empire waist gowns, pretty people, bright colors, wigs, and then like having Ariana Grande thank you next in played by violins in the background. It's just very fun. It's the new Shonda Rhimes yeah. show. Have you watched it, Liza? I haven't, but it's honestly something I'm, I was thinking about starting tonight, so I think I will. It's like drama and some sexy, sexy times, but like you don't need to be overly invested. For me, it's just like, ah, uh, yes, like Shondaland. Yeah. Uh, I, I get Shonda Rhimes now. knows how to do it, man. Yes. She knows how to make a TV show that you were like, fuck, I'm going to watch 20 million episodes of this. And then I'll just, I know we said one and I've done too many, but did I do this last week? Did I shout out Sound of Metal, the movie last week? Yes. I did. Okay. I still, so basically I watched one other, like, there's not much awards contendership this year, but I watched the George Clooney Midnight Sky movie on Netflix and thought it was garbage. So I just was like, if I haven't shouted out Sound of Metal, in terms of if you want like a good movie to watch, um, I still, I, yeah, I'm just like kind of craving some, some good content too. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to have a break from all the garbage I watch. I've been I've been peppering in movies amidst the garbage. Yes. Um, Um, Well, then I am redundant and I'm not sure what else I've been consuming. (laughs) It's been a lot. I had wanted to watch that and had forgotten about it. So I'm glad you brought it up again. Um, Great consumption corn. Great little corner. (laughs) We could always do it that short if we only controlled ourselves. But alas, this is not the season of control. You know, (laughs) it's fine. This week doesn't count. No. Um, But we are going to take a super quick break and then we'll be back with our interview with Erin. Hello, Erin. We are so excited to be talking to Erin Williams, an artist and creator living in Washington at Erin, the creator Erin underscore the underscore creator I'm saying a lot of things um Erin also listens to this podcast and reached out and we are so lucky to have her on so thank you for joining us Erin thank you so much for having me this is the highlight of my year this is great I mean honestly like really like there have been there have been a lot a lot of low lights trust me so this is a month of high and I'm I'm very excited this is very much fan girl. Oh my god, we're so happy to have you. Erin reached out and sent us a voice note that was like so immediately relatable and we were like, yes, we have to talk about this. Um and it'll I'll tease a little bit. It'll it's it's a little bit about like long-term crushes, situationships, pandemic dating. We got a lot of overlapping threads oh, of things we on. talk about on this podcast. So we're going to talk about all of it. Um and we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff relating to the pandemic, the holidays, everything. <laughs> but as always, first, stop. as always, um do you have as always a worst first date story? I do have a worst first date story. Um when I was 22 or 23, I'd like I didn't really date or anything when I was in college. I moved to DC. Um, and I, it was like one of my first roommate situations. I had a friend of mine, it was, she was my roommate and she worked part-time at Fossil and I think it was probably in Bethesda or I don't know. Anyway, um, for people who do live in DC, it doesn't matter. Um, she had a friend whose name was Charles and she was like, I really think that you and him would get along. Um, I think he was also, I majored in broadcasting. Um, I think he was also in broadcasting and she was like, um, he's in media and he always talks about stuff. And I think you guys really like each other. And I was like, okay, cool. And we went out and we met up in Georgetown and he had a suitcase with him. And I didn't really say anything about it, but I was just like, okay. And we don't, I don't really don't even think that we, we probably didn't even talk on the phone beforehand. We were just like email. I was like, okay, let's meet cool. 
And I don't remember us like going anywhere. It just ended up being like a walking date, which is fine in Georgetown, but it was still kind of awkward. And for people who live in DC or have been in Georgetown before, there's a street called M Street that is literally just like one big long row of shops. And when you get to the end of it, you're at Katie's Alley and where the exorcist steps are. Um, and we kind of walked from one end to there, but he's still awkwardly carrying the suitcase. I'm just like, what's going on? And so I didn't say that though. So we get to the end of Georgetown. He like sits down the suitcase and he was like, so I had an idea. And I was like, okay. Oh my God, I don't like and it. That, and I was like, <laughs> okay. He opens up the suitcase. The suitcase is holding a camcorder and a microphone. And he was like, I had an idea that you and me could do an interview together on camera. And I was just like, oh my God, so <laughs> weird. Oh my God. It, it is, I was just like, okay. So he literally plugs, and I don't even know where he got this equipment from. Like he literally like plugs, takes out a microphone, plugs the microphone into the camera, has me sit on these stairs and is filming me as he's asking me like general questions about just stuff. And it was so awkward because, and it was dark too. Like there was a, it was like dark outside. He didn't have a light with him. So it's just like me in the dark on camera talking. And it was just so awkward. And I'm just thinking to myself like, why am I doing this? Why are we doing this? And then after it was over, like we never talked or spoke again. Wow. Wow. That was so weird. <laughs> odd moment ever of my life. And my roommate was like, well, how did you like it? And I was like, yeah, I really don't even have any comment because I did something that I'm not too sure about. And I just don't know what happened. It was so weird I, to this day. I was like, why did he do that? And he was, it was, it was just, it was awful. Oh, I feel like that's something that happens. Like maybe he read somewhere or some someone put the idea in his head like you should make a date unique and he was like what do I have or it feels like something I would have that so I would have done or someone would have done in high school you know when like I was like an artsy kid like a theater yeah. kid and whatever and I feel like someone would be like let's be artsy I'm gonna interview you know it feels very like yeah. young <laughs> like you just I was just like what is happening here but it was just it was it was a lot just and I mean to the like to this day like I said we have we I I wouldn't probably wouldn't know if I saw him but it's just like I really do wonder what happened to my footage I mean it's a fair point <laughs> I, just, I, just, I don't know what happened to that I can't even remember it was just it was a lot oh so. I mean without you knowing he was like a broadcasting major this could this would be like at, at 10 times more creepy I'm like why, why there shouldn't be footage on a first date and I, I understand exactly. there's like this is a podcast that talks about first dates, but I'm not recording the first dates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just like, what kind of posterity is this? Like, it's just, why did we do that? Like, I can't, I don't, I don't even know. That was, and I probably, like, thinking about it, I should have, I don't even remember if I asked him, but I should have been like, why do you, what's that about? Like, what's that suitcase about? You know, like, yeah. You know. But you know yeah. what I also loved is when you were towards the end of telling the story, like, I don't know why I stayed there or did it. It's like the best example because it, it sounds in hindsight like what a weird thing but it's such a relatable example of we all stayed on dates where we were like why are we staying here this is terrible for xyz reason exactly. this is just so specifically like a briefcase and filming in the dark <laughs> like, literally like didn't even we were literally on the steps like and just in the dark and it's just like I don't even know and to take it back I'm pretty I'm trying to make sure that this is accurate like we were at the end 
at Katie, like we had gotten to the very end. I can't remember if we were exactly sitting on the exorcist steps, but I know that we had gotten to that point. I just want to be, it's like stupid. Like you just want to be like a super, super factual, even though it's like, I can't even remember, but I know yeah. that I holding a camcorder, giving this interview. Also, Ooh. wait, so you were sitting on the exorcist steps? And that's what I'm, th- I'm trying to remember. Okay. I think we had reached the end and we were at that part of Georgetown. And I can't remember if I was sitting on those steps or if I was just like sitting on steps or where I was sitting, but it, that was where we were. Yeah. Okay. Creepy nonetheless. I'm pro, I'm pro like massaging this story and just saying it was the exorcist steps. <laughs> yeah. like, that just adds a layer of it. Be, But that was, we were at the very, we had walked to the very end to that part of Georgetown. And yeah. she's like, I don't even, yeah, it was a very, also it was a very like early 20s date because I mean, it's like, you don't have any money. It's like, yeah. let's just walk somewhere that's entertaining, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. LOL, cut to now and we have to Those go dates on walking are back. dates. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, back in full force. Still, oh. you know, yeah. God, that's a great, that's a great worst first. That's a weird one. <laughs> weird. I keep thinking we have heard, like, I keep thinking like how many more ways can there can there be weird first dates and I keep being wrong like there in there's infinite options for just weird shit that people can do on a first date are they have they don't know their own strength until they're in the moment (laughs) (laughs) don't know their own strength is hilarious Uh, um okay so we're gonna get into a little bit of of what I was we were mentioning before from your voice note but Let's talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about your relationship to relationships. That's my Terry Gross voice. So um, it's, um, I'm sorry, were you going to? No, not at all. I was going to explain it, but then I realized you've heard, you've heard this well, spiel I mean, before. Yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like how you were raised to think about relationships, how you think about them now, how you had to kind of evolve between those two, what you want out of relationships, what, you know, any, anything under that umbrella. So my parents uh, divorced when I was like a year old and my dad wasn't really in the picture. So, but my mom's friend, I was raised by my mom primarily and all of my mom's friends were married. So in our house, it was like, my mom was like the strong, capable woman, you know, but like all of my friends and her friends, you know, they all had like these two parent homes. So it's like, I saw, you know, but all the two parent homes, at least in my memory, like all the women were like very strong women that had these like men with them. But um, so I guess in thinking about it, my view of it was that it could look, it could go both ways, like as far as having one person versus two people. But it all, it also seemed like if you wanted things done, it was on you to do them. So it was kind of like this person was more like um, an accessory as opposed to, um, you know, the soul, like it being a partnership, if you will. Mm. Um, growing up and becoming an adult, like I said, I didn't really, oh, I, like I said, I didn't really do that much dating um, or not at all in high school. And I really didn't start to date until, until becoming an adult and moving. And I, I don't know, I always have had the idea that the relationship that I've, I've never been one to um, kind of date frivolously. I kind of date with intention. I'm always like looking for that person that like forever partner. And because of that, like I, I am in general kind of like a, a serious intense person and it kind of takes a lot to have to like deal with that. Like I can try to be cool and fun, you know, but it's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in it to win it. And so that has, um, that has gone both ways as well. Uh, so I guess I relate to relationships as in like also, you know, be at first when I always heard the word relationship, I always thought it was like romantic, but then I realized that you have relationships with friends, you have relationships with family, you have relationships 
the pets, you know, like it's all about kind of a two-way dialogue with other people. So that is my review of relationships. Very, no, I mean, that was very, um, well said, well stated, very relatable. I feel like well well said, Jesus, you didn't ask for my review. I just really (laughs) like, like, I feel like you captured what I, I want more people to think about relationships as, you know, um, and I think the older I get, the more I look back on my own 20s and also not dating really until college, which was more like some hooking up randomly. I didn't have a serious relationship, but I look back and that it's, it, I'm always frustrated by how much I defined like relationship as I need a romantic relationship versus appreciating all the other ones in my life. So yeah, that is, that is very important. You know, it's like, however, you know, also in getting older, it's like, you can be very, very dedicated to the other relationships in your life, but romantic love is a very specific kind of love, you know? And so it's like, I can be very invested in the lives and the well being of my friends and family, but that is, you won't get that from them. It's so that's just something that I'm always mindful of. Yeah, no, it's, it's also a very good point. It's, you know, I, yeah. It's a tough part of being an adult. I feel like being, I always think I should stop talking about this now that I'm in, into my thirties, but it doesn't quite feel like I, I, I never really think I feel like an adult, but I think a big tricky thing is to feel, to navigate that, that, Thing of like what what are we supposed to get from our friendships what are we supposed to get from our family what are we supposed to get from romantic relationships and vice versa like what how do we fill all of our buckets and have enough to pour back out and know how much goes in each um and it can be really tricky i i don't think like i've ever felt like all of those things were in balance <laughs> like those those relationship buckets it's a not the not the cutest analogy, but you know, no, no, I get it. Yeah, and I think when it comes to those buckets, for me, it, yeah, I think it's just going to going to be an ongoing process of like balancing the buckets too. Do you know what I mean? And I've even seen that with like much later in life when you know my mom passed and my dad, he, they'd been dating forever and then married forever, like having to recalibrate your buckets, you know, like and not. Like just seeing that my dad, especially I think men generally when they're older, oftentimes don't have the same kinds of friendships. So just watching him trying to, yeah, figure out how to fill those buckets or that bucket. Wow, I'm really taking the buckets with me. Uh, it's it's just I think it's going to evolve at every stage of our life as we're all the same age really. So right now we're in this weird place where I think some people are fully in like the romantic love or family like kids bucket, not their parents' family. Um and some of us are a little more geared other directions. And you have to be aware of that. Like I have, you know, my best friends are all like married with very young children. So it's like, I know that they very much like love me, but obviously it's like your child is, you know, like that is above precedent, you know, yeah. but you have to be like aware of that and not think like you haven't like fallen down. Well, you have fallen down the bowl, but it's like, there are other things going on in their lives that you don't have. And so that can make it a little hard to, um, get used to yeah totally but also that like there are ways in which I think friends who are married with young children need you more you know what I mean like I feel like it's this that weird thing of like the water in the buckets shifting because I think that some of those people you know my my sister has a young child now and I think 
uh, sometimes like our talks about nothing kid related means mean like more to her than they used to because it's like, oh, you know, <laughs> um, but it's yeah, it's but but it's true. It's like you get less of their time. But then it's it's this like reshifting that's really it can be really hard to navigate, especially um, when, yeah, in your in your early 30s, people are in all these different life stages. Yeah, I have I have friends on every part of the map in terms of like i i am you know we have i have friends now who are like fully like live you know during the pandemic like lost their job moved back in with their family and they're back to living um you know a couple of my friends from high school are back with their families and they're like this is i feel like i'm 16 again (laughs) in sometimes not a good way it's like it is particularly weird time in the Mm -hmm. in the pandemic for all of this absolutely Erin, how have you navigated? I mean, we have a little spoiler alert, but how has the pandemic and dating and this year and dating been for you? Sorry, probably, you know, not great, but just what has your experience been like? It has been um, not great. Um, It's been not great. So um, I was at the very beginning of the pandemic, I was navigating a situationship that I really was thinking, hoping was going to turn into something. We had discussed it becoming a thing before the pandemic started. And then within the whole, the whole spiel of everything devolving, it really took a toll on things. It was already a long distance situationship to begin with. And the whole idea was that the next time we originally, the first time we had, um, well, when we had had our discussion was in December and the idea was that, okay, you know, we will see where things are, what are we, blah, 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 in February. Um, and we ended up not seeing each other in February. And we were like, well, we were scheduled for March. And then March ended up just kind of being a shit show. And we ended up not, it never came together. And so it was like the one relationship that I really thought was going to happen ended up dive bombing and tanking. And then in the dating that I tried to do outside of that, it seemed really impossible. Like I went on like a walking date in the summertime that ended up turning into nothing. And then I ended up like um, messaging with one guy who was like, yeah, this is great, but I'm not going to come out and meet anyone because my brother works in the ER and I don't want to like bring him something. And I was just like, okay, that's understandable. But still it's like, wow. And it's just, it was, it's a lot of awkwardness. Yeah. When you, and then finding, yeah. so. Yeah. Well, especially in, like, I just really, you know, related to your voice note and your story, like, these longer-term situationships and, like, honestly, part of this podcast was kind of bouncing me out of some of that space I was in. So with the pandemic, not even, like, having the distraction be messaging, feeling like it can't go anywhere or walking dates. Like, it's just such a shit year for dating. Yeah. So, like... I just my heart goes out to you and everybody it's just a shitty time Um, it's like oh let's make dating 20 times more complicated (laughs) than it already you know it's like we have a whole podcast about how annoying dating is and now uh let's add a uh infectious disease to the mix that but then you know every once in a while you'll get those stories that are like we just we started dating a month in and then we decided to get married because of the pandemic you know like ser- and those are like serious you know things like that like people decide to take it all the way up to 10 or it ends up completely bottoming out but it's like okay well if there are people who are still able to make something happen what am i doing and then it's just it it is it goes back and forth yeah 
but let's see where those where those people are. You know what I mean? Like it's the same exactly. thing with all the dogs getting adopted. Like I hope they stay at their homes. Oh my god! Yeah, from like a puppy mecca. Like you cannot walk outside the door without a whole bunch of little small four legged people just bouncing around outside. <laughs> And it's it is wild. very cute, but it's also, it's just so, it's just so funny. Like, <laughs> just like, where did you all come from? Yeah. Totally. yeah. But yeah. to your point, Erin, I do, it, it feels like for, you know, across the board, any article I've read about relationships in the pandemic, like the pandemic just upped the stakes for everyone in good ways or bad and accelerated things. Um, so whether that was like on to marriage and we're great together and TBD, how those work out or exactly. people getting divorces or like in your case you know and I don't know I don't, I'm not you but like the timing hit you at such a bad time do you feel like it accelerated something that would have happened anyways or do you feel like it just got in the way and there might be an opportunity for you to come back to that I I feel like now now it is it's kind of one and done and over um and I'll kind of get into it but I thought I feel like I think about just because it was multiple things that happened. Mm -hmm. And I feel like part of me would think if at least one of those things had not happened, there may have been a slight chance of something having synced up. And then maybe this could have had some real momentum and we could be putting together some real things. It was just, it was a lot. It was just one too many dominoes. Mm. Yeah. Can you give us a little bit of like the backstory? Because I know you said you had a crush on this person for a really long time. Yes. So um, this person and I, um, we met during my early days in Washington. I was, I moved here in May of 2009. I kind of went through a year long string of jobs and internships. And my last internship, I interned at this political polling firm. And one, uh, and there were only like, um, gosh, let me think. There were a lot of interns. It was like, there was like a smattering of interns and then it was like a smattering of like, I don't know, VPs or whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember how it worked. Anyway, um, there was this one guy there who said there weren't that many black people there. Um, it was like me and then like, I think one of the accountants was black and this other guy was black. And he was like, hey, I have a cousin who just graduated and you seem like an interesting person and you guys should like hook up and like do some things. And I was just like, that's awkward. And um, he like talked to his cousin and he like introduced us over, um, over email and we started talking and he was just so interesting. He's from, um, he's from Texas and he was just a very like, I don't know, like he was just different than any other guy that I had ever met before. Like I went to the University of Alabama, which is very fratty and very football-y and just very like, that's a certain type of guy that you meet. And this guy went to like an HBCU and he was just like very different and just like, and he just had so much to say and talk about. Like I was just, it, he was unlike any other person I'd ever met before. And because he was also new to DC and I was new to DC, like we were doing all this like new stuff together and exploring all this stuff and going all these places. And I just got like really, really, we spent all of our time together. I just got really, really into him. And then I can't remember if I brought it up or what happened, but eventually like he was not as interested in being, because we were spending so much time together. It went from like winter to spring to summer. And it seemed like I was much more into the idea of maybe becoming an item than he was. And then he fell back and then we never really ended up talking again and we kind of went through a similar cycle of that off and on for the next decade 
we would kind of get back. Like I moved a lot of places within that. I came back to DC in 2016. I was here from like 2009 to 2012 and then I left for a while and I came back and, and he was gone for a while and came back, but he now lives on the West coast. And, but we would always kind of like keep tabs on each other, but we would go through these moments where we would like end up talking and just catching up on everything. And then I would try to tell myself that this is just a person who's really friendly and this doesn't mean anything, blah, blah, blah. And not being able to chase those feelings away and then bring it up and him being like, yeah, I know I don't, I'm not really. And it's just like, well, what are we doing? And then I would get mad and it just went back and forth like that. So fast forward to 2019, um, the fall of 2019. And we hadn't talked in like two years and I reached back out to him. Why? It's so relatable. Me. Yep. Been there. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I reached back out to him and I, I can't even, I, I can't, it just seems so weird because it was like, I actually had blocked my number because I was afraid that he wouldn't pick up and he picked up anyway. And it was just like, whoa, what's that about? Like, it was just like, it was different, you know? And um, it was around like, it was getting into, it was like November getting into Thanksgiving-ish time. And we had been talking for about like three weeks and it was on, it was on the phone we have been talking. And I kept thinking to myself, like, okay, you're catching up. Like, this is cool. Because it always seemed like it was a thing, like, where we would talk. And then we would start, like, talking. Like, can I call you back? And then it was just, like, the same, like, talking all the time, any available time, you know. And it was different because this time he had moved to the West Coast. And so I'm here in Washington. There was a three-hour time difference. And yet we were still talking mm-hmm. all the time. And it was just, it seemed like he was in a different place. And I was in a different place. And so finally, I thought, you know what? Like, I... I am just going to say it. I'm just going to throw it out there. I know obviously we're literally and figuratively two different places, but I'm just going to just say it. And so I said, you know, what would you, you know, what would your thoughts be on the idea of this going from a friendship into being something else? Like, have you given any thought to that? And for the first, and I, and I completely set my expectations to be completely low and just be like, okay, he's going to say no, that'll be fine. I'll get over it. We'll move on, whatever. But he said, you know, I actually thought about that and I, I would not be opposed to that idea. And it was just like, what? Like it was literally like the emoji with like the head blows off. Like it was mm-hmm. like, that is high. I was like, oh my God, something is working like for the first time ever. And so then it turned into a whole different conversation. And he was like, well, I'm going to be in Washington for the holidays because he was coming. He has still his family that lives here. He's like, I'm going to be here for the holidays. Um, like, let's talk in person and then just kind of like see where things are. And I was like, okay. And that had been the, and that, and seeing him um, in December, we saw each other the day after Christmas. I had gone home for the holiday. I came home on the 26th and he was actually flying out the 27th. So we had that one day or one night and, um, and we saw each other and we talked about everything and just kind of laid it all out there. And you know, with the biggest crux being like, okay, well, I'm here and you're there, but I think that we might be able to make this happen. You know, it's like, okay, well, we've got all these weeks and weekends, we can see each other and you all be doing this and we'll be doing that. And like, it was, I was like, this, this can work. Like, this is going to work, you know? And he was like, yeah, sure. So, I mean, like we both seemed like we really had the desire to put equal momentum into it. Hmm. So that was on December 26th. And then on December 28th, his father unexpectedly passed away. Oh my God. And it's like just, I, I was never 100% sure of the details, but I feel like he had a heart attack and just completely passed, passed away, obviously. And um, they did not have a great relationship. And, and it really, it kind of set the tone for everything. Yeah. You know, it yeah. was like 
event happened. I'm here. He's there. I wanted to be, I wanted to go to Texas for the funeral. He told me no. He was like, that's, he was like, that's just going to be, I know that you want to be there, but that's going to be, I don't, I don't want you there. And I respected that, but I wanted to be there. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to so much just be there for him in every way that I could, because I felt terrible because he was feeling so terrible. And it was just such, it was just such a terrible, I mean, I mean, it was just, it was a terrible, nobody wanted it. And it was just, it just really, it set things about a hundred steps behind because obviously he's grieving. I want to support him. I don't know how to be there for him. He was becoming, you know, increasingly just kind of depressed and upset and confused and moody. And I, I was trying to like, I, I, I didn't know how to be like you, like you, we need to deal with, it was, it was a lot. And it got to a point where it seemed like every time I would try to say something or suggest something, he was just not feeling it or not wanting to do it. And um, we were supposed to, when we had left off in December, we were planning to see each other in February. I can't remember, but I was supposed to go, I think we were supposed to meet up. We had put together, we had put together a travel kind of calendar, if you will. Mm-hmm. And we were going to see each other the first week of February. I think we were supposed to go to Vegas or I was supposed to go and see him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I canceled the trip because I was just like, it felt like we were fighting over everything. And it just, I, it felt really tense. And I was like, I don't want to, be there with you over a weekend and I don't know how you're going to react to things and me feeling awkward because it was really just I was just going to be there for a weekend so I canceled the trip and then we ended up rescheduling for I think Valentine's Day weekend because he was going to because we had originally set up where I was like I was going to go see him that first weekend and then the second weekend I was in Vegas for work and he was going to come and then I was just like I don't feel comfortable doing that right now I just think we just kind of need to take a moment and he was really put off by that, but we ended up just kind of taking that moment and reassessing, like, how do you feel about this? What do we want to do? I want to be there, but it doesn't really seem, it seems like you're being kind of not nice to me right now, but I know you're going through a lot, you know, what should we do? And so we, we took a moment and then we decided that we wanted to start talking again and we decided that, you know, we wanted to um, resume things and kind of keep talking. And it was kind of at that point where, it was like, I kind of, I felt, and this kind of goes into like not dating for sport. Like I felt like it's like, well, if you like me and I like you and you really want to like see this being the course, like I was kind of hoping for him actually asking me to be his girlfriend. I've never had anyone I've all, in the dating that I've done in my life. It's always been very um, fits and spurts. And it seems like for some, my pattern is that guys really like to talk to me. They really like to hang out with me. They really like to be with me but it always falls off somewhere between the talking and the actual like formality. And so I've never had anyone ask me to be their girlfriend before. And I was thinking, you know, like, if this is it, this is the thing, like maybe this is going to happen. And so I kept wanting to bring it up, but I didn't want to say it, but I'm also getting like curious in the back of my mind. It's like, okay, we're just talking, you know, like what is happening here. But I put it off because we were going to, we had originally after canceling in February and talking some things through, we decided we were going to see each other in March. Um, I was actually, I'd gotten an opportunity from my job. We had a, we have an office in San Diego. I got an opportunity from my job to work in San Diego for three months. And I was like, oh, well, that's great. So the week before that, I ended up breaking my elbow. Oh my gosh, Eric. 
Dude, fuck 2020. That's like, I'm sorry. So what happened was, is that I, um, we had kind of put everything in motion. I was going to go out there from like literally like the first of June to like the first of July. Like it was just going to be a full March flight or it was maybe it was before I can't, it, one is that I was leaving in March mm-hmm. and it was the, it was the last week of February. And I decided that I was going to try to sublet my apartment for the time that I was going to be gone. And I had a, someone contacted me on Facebook and they were like, Hey, it was like three, I remember it was like three o'clock. And the woman was like, Hey, I would love to come out to your place this evening. If, it, if there's time, and she was like, I can come by around seven. So I was like, okay, cool. If she's come by at seven, I'm working from home. I, I want to clean up my apartment. I want to do this and the other. I need to stop working now. So I kind of went on a mad dash to start cleaning, start vacuuming the apartment, vacuuming, let the vacuum go. Uh, the vacuum fell down like it always does. I was like, whatever. About two seconds later, I somersaulted over the vacuum cleaner and landed on my elbow. Oh, no. And it was the fall to end off halls. Like it was just like, it was just one of those moments where it was like, I cannot believe that just happened. Yeah. And I was sitting there in agonizing pain. But it was also one of those Ugh. things where I was just like, okay, I can like collect myself, like it'll be okay. And my elbow was kind of doing the thing where it's like, um, it's like you feel okay and then you move it, you're like, oh my God. And then you move it and you're like, oh my God. And so Oof. within 15 minutes, my arm was hurting so bad that I couldn't even like lift it. And I ended up having to go to urgent care. And I really, I thought I'd sprained it. And long story short, I snapped my arm. Oh my and God. I'll, I'll, I'll send you folks. Oh no. I ended up having to have surgery and there's a screw and a pin in my elbow. Oh my and you can kind of see my elbow was at a point. That is, that's that screw right there. Oh, God wow. damn oh my God. vacuum cleaner. Just round. Oh my, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, yeah. that's horrible. Wow. Oh, so, that that really put a hitch in my giddy up like it was it was yeah. so um so then that happened and um I had to have surgery all that stuff like I said and I'd originally I had to reschedule for two weeks I was like well I'm still going out there and then in that two weeks COVID happened and my company stopped doing all travel and so I was like okay so we're still talking we're still trying to put it together and it was, it was just a lot to keep, just, it, it just turned into a lot. It felt like everything that I would kept trying to do a lot to make him happy and to try to please him. It never seemed like I was really meeting his expectations. Like it just, it just seemed like I was always being told about something that wasn't really going right. And I never really wanted to bring it up because whenever there would be fissures or problems, I would think, well, it's not worth discussing because we're going to see each other and we can talk it out and it'll be fine and we can sort it all out. And so as things were happening to me that I felt would be an issue, I just, I kept just pushing it down and pushing it down and pushing it down. In the meantime, we ended up rescheduling for April. We we're going to see each other in Austin in April. He went from, he left, the, he started working, we all started working remotely. Um, he left his home in the Bay Area and came down to Texas to be with his family where he was sheltering in place. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, he'll go to Austin. I'll meet in Austin. And then things started to get worse. And it was like, well, I guess we should probably cancel our trip. And so that put more stuff on the back burner. But, you know, we were still trying to, you know, like he had a birthday in March, had a birthday in April. We were still trying to be festive and make it happen. But there were obvious, like, problems and issues with things. So fast forward to May, um, the original plan was at this point, it was that we were going to see each other in, we had decided on May to see each other in June. 
Um, we were going to see each other like the middle of June and I was going to stay with him for two weeks. It seemed like things were getting a little, like, you know, it was like the race yeah. was ridiculous. And it seemed like they were getting a little bit better, you know, in the summertime. So, but things were still very strained between us, but I was trying to keep it going. He was trying to keep it going in the middle of that time. Like um, I had allowed him, he had kept pressing me and pressing me to want to talk to my mom. And I had allowed him to do that. We ended up having a three-day phone conversation that went unexpectedly well. And it, that made, that was, a, that felt like a big deal for me because yeah. I'd always thought and said to him, like, I don't ever want to bring someone around my mom because my mom is going to make a memory of that person. And I don't want to bring someone around her that I'm not, that it doesn't seem like it's going to be really, really serious. Yeah. And so even though it seemed like things were awkward, him wanting to do that was a real big vote of confidence in my, in my corner. I was like, oh, this is good. Like, we're going to be fine. It's going to be mm -hmm. And then, you know, fast forward to, we had made the plans in May to see each other in June. We get to around Memorial, Memorial Day weekend, and he decided that he was like, I don't think it's going to be a good idea. He's like, that's right around Father's Day. I want to be with my family because my dad, and, you know, I just want to stay here. And I was like, okay, I get that. But also, we've been doing this for like six months now. And so I recorded like a 10-minute voice memo. And for the record, like I'd often gotten into the habit, we would talk really late at night, and then I would give him like basically like a 10 to 15 minute commentary of everything I thought from night into the morning of our voice memo. And so I just, I have literally like, I have so many voice memos on my phone mm. of just like me dictating my feelings to him, good, bad, whatever. And so I laid out a very long voice memo where long story short, I was like, I, I really, really like it. I was, I was very like honest, just being like, I love you. Like I, I think that you, like, you obviously very much care about me. Um, and that was also a telling thing. Like, I would always say, I love you. And he's like, you know how much I care about you, whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but um, I was like, I, I really want to know, like, like, do you, can we, if you're not going to ask me to be your girlfriend in person, like, can we just, can you go on and like, say that, officialize that, do something so that I know that we are like, this is actually going to be, going to keep going. Because at this point, we've just been talking to each other for the past six months and just basically like this in this situation. Will you basically commit? And so that way I, I can feel like this is really going somewhere. I laid that all out. Um, I sent that to him on like a Sunday and I asked him about, I think we talked like that night, like it was like Sunday night. And I, and I remember this is like the end of May and it was like Sunday night. And I asked him, you know, like, um, like, you know, what did you think? Like, when can we talk about this? Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, that was a lot. But he was like, you know, let's talk about it tomorrow. And I was like, okay, cool. So we get to tomorrow, you know, the whole day is going by. It was like the afternoon because I'd gotten into a pattern at that point where it was like, I would, I would work all day and that would take a break or so, like 3.34 or so and just like go on a long walk. And I remember like we got on the phone, we were talking for a little bit. And I was like, so, you know, what about that voice memo? Like, you know, what you think and what's happening? And he was like, oh, I can't really talk about that right now. And I was like, what do you mean you can't really talk about that right now? He was like, that was just why, you know, he's like, I just, I need some time. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I just literally, I, I lost my shit. Good. I was just like, like, what, what are we doing? What is happening here? I'm doing all this stuff. We're here. We're separated. Like what, what is holding you back? What I, I just, I went completely off. And then he said some shit and I said some shit and it just, it really blew up. Like all of the things that I had been saving and holding in. I, I just, I had to let them out because I was just like, I cannot continue to let this go on. What is happening here? And then after I, after we just kind of had that big blowout fight, it, 
it was very obvious that things were very much off the rails, you know, and I remember it ended up going, that was May, it ended up going to like the first or second week of June. And around that time, I had like a follow-up appointment with my, um, with my surgeon or whatever. And I was asking about the healing of my elbow and he was like, oh, you know, it's going good, but it's not as great as I thought it would be. And I was telling this, I was telling this to him, I said, he said it was going good, not as great as he thought it would be. And he, I had to do like some additional, I did some like magnitude, I can't remember. I had to do like this like different type of therapy for my elbow. And so after telling him that, you know, I remember we went to a different conversation and I asked him, you know, like, well, how are you feeling about things? How are you feeling about us? And he was like, well, I kind of feel like what your doctor said about your elbow. Like, I want to be there, but I'm not feeling it like I thought I was. Mm. Or said, I'm not where I thought I was going to be. Basically saying, like, I thought I was going to be less mad at you, but I'm not. And I just, I was like, really? And he was like, I, he was like, I thought that was a joke. And I was like, that's not. That is not, that's not funny. Why would he be mad at you? Why? I think he was not mad so much. I said mad. I feel like he was just more like annoyed and agitated. He later told me that he had thought. Sorry, I went too far. And no, you're fine. Like I, I I think he, he later told me like he thought that he had been doing a really good job and being so honest and like sharing his emotions and all that stuff. Not realizing that the shit that he was saying to me was like, you can it was really more cutting and hurtful. Like I just, Mm -hmm. you know, he, like he kept talking about how, you know, back in February, quote unquote, when you left. And I would think like, well, I left because you were becoming a little bit of a terror and I really didn't know how else to deal with that, but I felt so guilty about things. And just, it felt like everything that I did, it was almost like I did it without reason. And whenever, whenever he would exhibit something, it was like, oh, but because X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. And so After that, like after him saying that to me, uh, comparing our relationship to this elbow, I just, it it was a real big like turn off to me and I, or just really put me off. And we talked a little, I can't remember if we talked like that night or a little while later, but I basically just kind of, and it got to a point by that time where, you know, I would call him. It used used to be where I would call him and he would drop everything and we would talk and do whatever and it it, eventually over time over this over these several months it got to a point where I would call him and be like let me call you back and then I wouldn't hear from him like the entire day and then the night would come and I would be like well like I would just think like oh we got busy oh but something with his family because there was always stuff going on like with his family with other people and I was like enmeshed in that and I would be like oh well you know like what did you do today like what happened you go oh nothing I was just like at home chilling and I'm thinking to myself, so you couldn't pick back up the phone from 12 hours ago and like give me a call. Like, like you have, like in my mind, I was like, okay, you were not. And I'm, you know, it was just, it wasn't really matching up anymore. And so finally in the beginning, it was probably, I guess it was like the beginning, middle of June. I asked him, I was just like, you know, how would you feel if we just called it a day and like said that it wasn't like this wasn't gonna work and he was like oh well I guess you know that'd be fine and we would just have to you know go on about our business it was just so quick to be like okay cool and that was hurting for two reasons first of all that he just went with it and then second of all because I always thought I was like you know if anyone I would never not be the one to like pull the plug on this and it almost seemed like it had gotten to the point where he was like that was it wasn't gonna be him to let up and I just, I felt like I had, it seemed like everything I did was not going to work. 
he wasn't wanting to make this an actual official thing yet we were doing every single thing that was a relationship but not an official relationship and I felt like I just run out of options and so after that I was just like okay fine and then he was like well can I call you and I was like no I need some space so that was June in July he sent me a package I have USPS informed delivery And so, you know, they'll tell you, like, I have a package coming to me from him. And I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So the package comes, and it was all of the things that he had, like, more or less collected to give to me when I was going to come. And it really was, honestly, it was like a box of crap, like it was. Like, it was like he had gone to Hawaii at one point and, like, got me these cookies, but the cookies had expired. Like, it was literally just like a box of, like, little random things as opposed to the fact that my love language is giving. So I had like literally like given him like actual things like along the way. Like at one point in time, I got him a personalized like Yeti mug because we had this thing where he would say stuff to me and I'd be like, well, you're not wrong. And he'd be like, why don't you just say you're right? And I'd be like, all right, kid, say you're not wrong. So I have a personalized mug that said you're not wrong. And <laughs> That's so sweet. Like I got, I just, I, I, I did like a, a handwritten um, thing of his favorite song for, um, for Valentine's day. Like I got him like a gift card and like a t-shirt, his favorite restaurant for like his birthday. Like I, I did little supplemental things along the way. And so it was like, he sent me just like a little box of like nonsensical items. I kind of felt like I'd gotten the stuff that had come out of the tree and to kill a mockingbird at the end when they showed <laughs> that's what I received here but I was also like oh my god like he sent something he's trying like this must be something like this this is a thing and so I sent him an email and we ended up like kind of emailing back and forth and we're in the middle of a little bit of an exchange and I was just like oh my gosh like this like maybe this is gonna be something and I just brought up again like you know have you, even though it's been some time, like, have you thought about the idea of maybe resuming stuff? And he said, yeah, I had, but I just thought I might as well just let you be. And I was like, what? I was like, let me be. I was like, how do you get to decide, like, I'm just going to be, like, you're just going to let me be. Like, what does that even mean? And so then that made me angry again. I was just like, fuck this. Like, what are we doing here? Why did you send that? If it didn't mean anything, you can't just say you're sending something to send something. And so that was it. We stopped talking a little bit and then we kind of started talking a little bit again. And it kind of has gone on and off like that throughout the year. Um, The last time that we really started talking was October going into November. And it seemed like that we were on, but I was, there's just always so much hope with me. I have a lot of hope. And it just seemed like we're finally, I was like, okay, like we've been through a lot. Yes. But Maybe this is finally it. And maybe we can have a discussion about something. And it really, I realized that things were not going to work at, it was like right after, it finally hit me that things weren't going to work. Um, It was like the weekend after Thanksgiving, he has a podcast. And I was joking about the fact that my mom still subscribes to his podcast. And he was like, well, what's your mom's number? And I like gave it to him because I was just like, whatever. And he was like, oh my God, I didn't think you would actually give it to me. And I was like, well, you asked for it. And then he was like, well, when's her birthday? And I told him her birthday because I thought I was like, okay, maybe she's going to like randomly text her on her birthday. I didn't even really know why he asked for a number, but I was just kind of like, here, have a ball with it. Like I I really didn't think anything of it. Uh, Fast forward to a couple of hours later and he gave my mom a call 
and chatted with her for almost 10 minutes about everything and nothing. And I was like, why? I was just like, why did you call? She was like, yeah, I told her I was calling because I wanted to talk to all of my subscribers to my podcast. And we just ended up chatting. And my mom, of course, because she's a mom, will answer any number. And I was like, why, why are you talking to him? Like, what is happening? And it was just, I kind of lost my shit at that point. And I just, I ended up leaving him another long voice memo that was like, first of all, like, why did you do that? And second of all, like, that is not the action of a random guy. Like, that is a boyfriend or a fiance or a husband. And if you're calling the other person's parent, it's about something that's actually important. And like, what are you doing? Yeah. Especially because he knows that that is meaningful. You had expressed to him, like, I have boundaries around that. Yeah. I mean, part of me was like, I guess it was my fault for giving him the number, but I never, like, no, I didn't expect that. And so, yeah. And so I just told him, I was like, you know what? It seems like that we keep running into the same puzzle of me, of me trying to be your friend and holding out that it would turn into something else and being crushed when it doesn't yet you keep talking to me and I keep reaching out to you and we still keep holding on to something or I still keep holding on to something and I don't know what to do. And I said, I feel like we have got one of three options. I said, either we can keep doing this and keep running into the same blocks and keep stepping on the same landmines. We can either have an honest conversation about what this is and where we are and maybe try to build something out of it. Or we can wish each other farewell and call it a day. And he decided to call it a day. And I was like, okay, cool. But it just... I don't know. For the first time, it was just like, I, I really get it or got it. Um, I'm kind of in a place now. I don't know. Like him just calling, like, that was just like the final straw for me. I was just like, why? Like what gave you, who gives you the right? And when we decided that, like, or when that decision had been made in a very awkward way, he was like, so does that mean I can't call your mom anymore? And I was like, I would advise what? against it. What the fuck? But I would advise against it. And that is where we are. In the time since then, I've really just been thinking about a lot of things. Mainly, I've been thinking about this idea. When in a traditional you know, relationship or whatever, um, in a hetero relationship, when a guy and a girl are dating, if the guy is really into the girl and the girl is not as into the guy, it's always recommended for the girl to be like, well, give it some time, see it, how it feels, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, I am a capable, rational human. I have a job. I have like talents and hobbies. Like I have random quirks like other people, but I'm like a decent person. What was it about you in that decade that always just made you think like, oh, she's like cool to have around and I'm going to share all these things with her, but I'm never just going to like lock it down. Like, what is it about that? You know? Yeah. Like it, I keep thinking about that. Like they tell girls to kind of like, you know, make a decision finally, and you know, settle down or do whatever and, you know, evaluate it for all of the things. And I loved him for every, for all of his in spite, in spite of's. And he, for some reason, wanted everything but 
things to be official from me. And when I would press him about it, he would be like, well, whenever I've had somebody be my girlfriend in the past, it's never worked out, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, but that's different. Like, I'm not those people. You can't hold that against me. And we would keep talking some more and then it would never work out. And then it seemed like, I don't know, like in that time when we officially stopped more or less trying and we were trying to like talk again in these past couple of months, he would say stuff to me that would be like, you know, what are a couple of things, like he always asked random questions. And so he would say stuff like, you know, what, what, like name something in your life that you don't have any regrets about not doing. And I would say something like, I don't regret, I can't remember what I said, but I remember that he said that he is very glad that he never got married or had kids. So, and I would be like, I think you sometimes like forget who you're talking to and why would you say that to me? Yeah, it's not. Ugh. It almost feels like a way for him to continue to keep you at arm's length. But yeah. like, I yeah. think the most important thing for you to remember, and I know you know this, but like, I just always think it's useful to say is like, it has nothing to do with you. Like he clearly has like a fear of like deep intimacy, like emotional intimacy or some blocks or some shit that, that makes him keep people in like where he can get emotional fulfillment from them but he doesn't really owe them anything and that's like a problem I feel like so many men have so many people have but like it's so fucking unfair to you it's it makes me I would you know I think you should give me his number similar (laughs) similar to I'm gonna call and have a word I should I should but it's just it's also it's like I I keep thinking about you know it's like I, I hung, I like the, like all, when I think about like, ultimately what it came down to me to was time. It was like, when you think about how much time we talked to each other, how much we shared all of that stuff, that's to me, what makes it different than anything else. I don't have that kind of relationship with any other guy in my, I don't even talk to like, it, like, that's just not, those are not things that I have with people that I'm interested in and totally. just, or not interested in. I don't know. It just seemed like he was just so willing to give me so much. And then it's like, why would you be surprised when I'm asking for like, what, like, are we leading to something? What's happening? What are we? And it's also just like, I, I tried to be supportive of everything when he was like, yeah, you know, my mom and dad didn't have a really great relationship. Like my dad wasn't really that great to my mom, but you know, they had family and all this stuff. And, you know, it's just like, I, I was trying to be cautious and privy of all of that. And then also ultimately be aware of the fact that it was like, you know, he went through something extremely catastrophic that I will never be able to relate to. Yeah. But also being aware, like, well, he was kind of like this before, you know? And so it's just, it's been, a, I've been, I've been trying to wrap my head around it. I relate to this on so many levels, both having had several, like really long-term, many, many year like deep friendships with men where I'm in love with them but it just never comes like that's happened to me like since I was in high school and it never worked out until it did one time and and also like I I started my current relationship right as um my partner's mom got like essentially like a, a terminal cancer diagnosis and navigating that being like starting a relationship with someone going through and it's not it was not even a I think a sudden loss I don't know knock on wood there's like no sensitive way to say this but I think a sudden loss 
can be more shocking and of course more you know what I mean like it's different but it's also just knowing how to be close to someone support them but also like when and where to assert your needs it's there is no right answer like I remember like googling if there was a book on it and I was on reddit like just trying to be like does that does anyone have any advice like I don't know how to do this like I it's there's no it's so hard and the combination of circumstances here is is I mean it's just an incredibly tough situation and to to I'm I don't want to project too much from my like years long situationships experience but when I think about the aspect of loss and how much you were willing to give and support and you know I lost my mom and didn't when did I get into a relationship probably a little under a year later I don't know whatever the 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 trickiest part for me and again not, not that the losses are the same even if he's going through something or I was going through something it's still there's a point at which using it as an excuse like you you can say I'm not ready for a relationship but I just feel like there's a light bit of manipulation that I've felt in certain situationships where I'm always at arm's length or there to support through some darker things via texts and calls but not really ever there when it's you know a more official situation where two people in a relationship would be I feel like continuing to like reach out it's like lightly manipulative and then that excuse of I'm just going through a tough family time I can't be with you doesn't stand anymore to me and like it's a little you know me maybe being like protective of anyone male female anyone who you Aaron but I don't know when I get like my like my a little bit of my anger flowing I just feel like this whole this there's clearly chemistry to Liza's point. It, if you were nothing, if it was about you in a way where he was like, I don't like you, this would have been over so long ago. Like it is absolutely something. And again, this is the lesson I feel like I have learned in the past decade too. There's something in him that can't do this thing, even though you're probably who it's come closest to for him as well. And then it just makes me so angry that so often with this dynamic, and it just, I feel like it tends to be men more in heteronormative relationships because they're told not to be a bad guy. They try to be the good guy for so long that it ends up being more of a bad guy thing. And I, this isn't news, but like, that's just where I get angry. The times he reached out to you or you were so clear and you left a voice note. And then there, it was like, that's where it like, it feels like m- lightly manipulative to just, because you're such a good person and yeah, I don't know. That was me rambling because, again, I just relate so fucking much. And, like, it's so hard. And also, thank you for sharing because I know everybody listening relates. On well, I, yeah, oh, thank you. And that's so kind. But it's just, it's like, I I keep, that's, a, that's another thing. I just keep wondering, it's like, what are you looking for? Like that is that is what I really just want to ask. Like, what are you looking for? I'm not obviously I am not like the best person in the world, but it's just like, but well, what are you looking for? Yep. That's like you know, it, it seemed like we were on the same page about so many things, and you were so willing and so into it. And the girls that you had dated in the past, like that, just hadn't seen what you wanted, you know. And and that's I think ultimately that is the one thing that always kind of kept me going back is that I would think, you know, I would date other people in between not dating him and it wouldn't work out. 
Mm-hmm. And I would always think, what if, because you never actually took the plunge in having a relationship. So I always think maybe this is God's way to tell me, maybe this is the universe's way to tell me like, no, keep thinking about that guy. Keep hanging on to that because what you have in front of you isn't working. So maybe, you know, maybe this could be it. Wasn't it? But you know, it's just, it's like, yeah. yeah. Well, connection is the most, it's the most powerful, like potent alcohol or whatever. Like it just connecting deeply with another person is so it's really rare as an adult, you know, like the, and the older you get, it almost feels like I'm thinking, especially of friendships, you know, like in high school or in college, you're constantly around people, your hormones are like surging. And I'm just talking even like about female friendships. Like I feel like it used to just be so much more rare. You would meet a new person, you'd start a new after school activity or, or whatever. And you would meet someone, you'd be like, Oh my God, like a new friend. And you guys would share so much. And it was like, and I just feel like as you get older connection, which is something we all are like, just, we are evolved to need all it, it just gets h- harder almost to be vulnerable with other people and harder to meet people and there's less um like opportunities where you're put into situations with new people and romantic connection like we were talking about earlier with with the bu- buckets like it, it's its own thing yeah. it's its own bucket so it's so like it, it it literally like you get drunk on it like not that's not the right word but your brain like releases all these hormones and it's really really powerful so of course like that's why I just yeah want to keep hammering that like I I think it's it's totally natural for you to really feel like deep love for someone you connect with and care about and who's going through this horrible thing and it just feels like he wants that connection too because he's a human. And that's part of the reason he has kept you on the hook, sort of. But at the same time, like, he doesn't know how to have it. There's something. Something happened. There's something in his in his life, in his childhood, in, like, the way he was raised to communicate with people or to think about people that just doesn't allow, like, a wall to come down. And this happens to so many men. And then, again, speaking heteronormatively, <laughs> You you know what word I'm trying to say like, heteronormative heteronormatively okay there we go like the the women then suffer women suffer because men weren't taught to like be vulnerable and allow themselves to cry when they got hurt and you know it's just it just like really really sucks but it's in really extremely sad for him in this situation that he had a, a deep connection with someone amazing like you who like you said, like you gave him thoughtful gifts. You were willing to be present for him in a horrible time in his life. Like he had such um, like generosity and kindness and love like handed up to him and he couldn't accept it. And like that's he's probably going to suffer for that his whole life. Whereas like you have that. And when you find the person who knows how to accept it, it's like, boom, beautiful mm-hmm. fireworks, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like He's never going to be able to do that, probably, unless he has a moment where he's like, okay, got to turn this around, got to do whatever it is, got to, you know, do some journaling, you know, whatever. Like, but it's, it's very sad for him, but it's really fucking sucks because you're like at the receiving end of that, of that, you know, gap in his knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's. It is really unfortunate. And it's like, ultimately, you, 
you want for that other person to be happy, but ideally you wanted it to have been happy with you. Totally. You know? Yeah. And so it's, it is a lot. And I don't know, like it, I felt like not ever really having had a solid relationship with anyone. I was, when he finally more or less like agreed to give it a shot, I was like, okay, finally, like now I can start like planning a life with someone, you yeah. know, like it feels like such a relief, you know? And, and so now that it's not, and there's really not anyone like, I'm not, you know, it's just like, well, who, what, what do I even do now? You know? So. Yeah. <sighs> Fucking when the vaccine is more widely distributed. No, you just, Aaron, like, look, we just met really, you're amazing. You're an amazing human. You're clearly an amazing partner from what you just shared with us. And I just will continue to like shout from the roof and no one has to do a podcast or even go on 51 dates or even plan to. But like I felt exactly what you just said. I felt I was just like what like I yeah, I'd not given up because then I went on these dates. But like I just didn't ever see the relationships I saw my friends have for myself ever and I yeah I think it may have to do with like something really good coming your way that's all I will say I don't I don't know I'm not like woo woo I don't predict the future but like I feel like you're learning more than most people learn before they find their person about yourself and who you want to be with that's my woo woo thought for I really, I really, really do hope so. And I really do hope you're right because I do go through these moments where I'm like, okay, well then maybe I just need, like, maybe that is, that is it. And that is not the life, like the life that I want, which is, I didn't, I, you know, I kind of told you, I didn't have a traditional like life growing up. I didn't have like a two-parent household and all that stuff. I really want that. And, but at the same time, it's like the older you get, you become very, um, like realistic or you're just like, well, maybe that's just not for me. You know, it doesn't make it go away, but it's like, maybe that's just not for me. And so as much as I try to like, I'll like get into that mindset, it just makes me really sad. It makes me not want to completely give up. But it's like, when you keep trying the same, it's, I don't know. It's such a mind talk. No, it is. And this is cheesy, but I saw everyone posting around like Kamala Harris and her husband, Doug, who she met much later in life after she had this career. Not saying like sometimes there are there are other like non political celebrities, too, who I read about. And I'm like, there's this there like I feel like there are a lot of cool fucking women who I again, again, I'm not trying to diminish because the timeline I completely understand. Like it's it sucks. And However, I don't know if that helps anyone listening. Just like as a like, there are some really badass women out there who end up like being single until they're like much later in life. And then I just I want to just add to not diminish your feelings, Erin, because you know what you want. But then also like for anyone feeling some societal pressures, just like yeah, wave those away. Also, I think like anyone, I think like staying open to connection is the biggest indication that you're going to connect with someone you know like really like and the thing that is so infuriating is like there is no guarantee of when it will happen you know like there just isn't and it sucks and it's horrible but I think I am not either woo woo either but I do have the one crystal I own (laughs) 
<laughs> Someone gave it to me, which I think makes it not work or something. But yeah, <laughs> you didn't know you Here's had that Whoa! So, <laughs> so Susie gave podcast? it to me. <laughs> my, I have a friend who is um enjoys the the sorts. <laughs> I hold it, but it sits on my podcasting tables, and I'm holding it. Um, I I think that yeah, it's like we all have to learn uh these lessons, and and then they they teach us things to ready us for situations that we don't know are coming, you know? And, um, and I think like the, the pandemic year, the year of, of your vacuum cleaner and elbow <laughs> and everything, like, all of this. It's just, it's like, and I, and I thought about it for a long time and maybe I'm still thinking about it, but I think, you know, you know, his father's death, the pandemic and my elbow, like, I feel like if what, like if one of those things had not happened like maybe there could have like okay maybe yes the pandemic happened but maybe if i hadn't broken my elbow he could have at least we could have at least seen each other in california before all of this went down you know like maybe there could have just been something you know yeah but i would make the argument and feel free to roll your eyes at me that he still wouldn't be able to give you what you really want and need which is like a partner who's willing to give you as much as you give them that is a fair argument because it's like well even you know it's you still have to deal with who a person really is and what they're willing to step out of in themselves to give to you yeah and i think that really tough times reveal somebody's character you know like that's that's something like i was saying i learned i learned about my partner like that being um anxious and and terrified and stressed um didn't change like the fact that he was kind you know and it was really hard in the moment and there were years when we were dating where I was like I don't know if I can deal with this <laughs> like this is really 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 hard but like I think that those those tough moments can show you what someone's like you know someone at their best someone in like honeymoon phase love is that's a that's a thing that everyone goes through and then like I think it can be misleading it's so easy to like do what that put on your best self in the good times but maybe this was a twisted unfair <laughs> way of showing you that like you deserve someone who's gonna fill your bucket <laughs> guys <laughs> I buckets. you know I I hope so I hope I get my own bucket one day yes <laughs> And uh, we have taken up so much of your time, Erin. So if you need to go, no problem. But oh. we did want to, like, maybe we can bring it up for a minute. We wanted to give you an opportunity for content or, oh, God, I keep fucking this up. Consumption Corner. Yes. What are you watching in this time? Um, what do you recommend? We want to so, hear. So at the beginning of the pandemic, I was doing a lot of rewatching. I, like, rewatched, like, mostly all of Seinfeld. I watched all eight seasons of Girlfriends. I dove back into Will and Grace. I dove back in, which is the old episodes are like, have you guys gone back to watch them? Like it is, oh, so much cringing. And it's just so funny because we thought that they were so racy and forward when they were on. And you watch it and it's just like, oh my, it's it's so, it's just very cringy. Um, yeah, the there's one, so much of it that doesn't hold. 
it is so cringy and it makes you wonder why we all like how they even got like a reboot like how did we all think that this <laughs> yeah. is endearing to me you know yeah um but now but i've kind of um now that we are into the holidays i love and welcome all holidayness with open arms um <laughs> One thing I'm watching now is, I don't know if you all talked about it, but did you ever watch last year Home for Christmas? No. Okay. I don't think so. so. Home for Christmas was, I think it's like a Danish series, but it's dubbed in English on Netflix. And it was six episodes. It was about this young woman named Johanna, who was a nurse. And her family is giving her shit about not having a boyfriend. So she just lies and says that she has one. Amazing. And the six episodes is her like trying to date and find one. And then at the end of it, it leaves off with her opening the door and she's like, oh, hello. And then like it cut off in 2019. So now they've brought back the concluding half of it. Oh. And she's now dating this guy that she works with at her hospital and, but it didn't work out. And so I'm trying to figure out how like, the finale is going to be. So uh, it's very good. It, I think in it's actual language it's called, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's called like, Kim et Yul. But um, <laughs> <laughs> That was a really good attempt. Scandinavian languages melt my brain. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I see it, I'm like, <laughs> but honestly, if you if you search home for Christmas, you will find it. Oh, I'm gonna do that tonight. Thank you for that. Yeah. So watching that, um, we had just discussed. I recently watched Hot Chocolate Nutcracker, or I think it's called Hot Chocolate. And if you like, if you look on Netflix, you'll find it. But it's like Debbie Allen's Nutcracker yep. uh, version. Like it was. It goes from September to December, and it's also a look back at her career, and it's so great. And I also, let me see, let me think of something. I watched, I recently completed season four of The Crown. Mm-hmm. No plans to watch one through three. Just wanted to see season four because <laughs> I have no problem in saying that. Come fight me. What? I don't want to watch one through three. I want to watch season Respect. four. Fair. It was, I will say it's the best season. Yeah, exactly. By a long shot. Four. It was really great. And then. Um, There's like a couple episodes sprinkled through one and three. Yeah. There's like three episodes you should watch and like. That's it. I'll email them to you. I'll strongly consider it, but I was no pressure. Yeah, yeah. But season four was where I was at. Um, I'm trying to think what other little channels have I watched. Oh, and then this is my last uh, personal endorsement. I don't. I love a Christmas movie that is not a really a Christmas movie. And on that list for me is Ben is back. Did you guys? Did you guys watch that? I have not. No. It has been a subject of conversation on Who Weekly, the podcast oh, that I listen to. But... Gotta watch Ben okay. is back. Ben is, it's really good. It's got um, Lucas Hedges, Julia Roberts, Courtney Vance, and um, Lucas Hedges plays Julia Roberts' son, who more or less busts out of rehab and ends up turning the Chris, like, turns it on its head. Okay. And um, he bursts out of rehab on Christmas Eve. Um, so That's a great plot and cast. How have I not heard of, like, that's, it I'm was watching marketed that tonight. bizarrely, I feel. Okay. When it was like. <laughs> It came out, I looked at it and it came out in 2018 and I can't even remember how I came across it then, but I'm really into, I'm into indie movies and I feel it was, it was, I think it was marketed as like an indie movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've got Lucas Hedges. It's an indie movie, you know? Exactly. But it was also, um, I remember I saw it in theaters, like it came out like in November and it, it hung around until like the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And I thought like during the end of the holidays, I was like, wow, this was wild. And um, yeah, so it's, it's very good. Awesome. Thank you for those recs. That's very, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited across the board. Erin, um, thank you so much for coming on and sharing oh. with our, our little community for having me um this was a really good 
cathartic experience. Um, I just, I really wanted to share it just because like, I don't, anyone in my personal life who knows me, I haven't really ever really talked about guys a lot. And it's because of the fact that I've always kind of been holding out for this one person. And then mm -hmm. obviously that is now no more. And it's like, Hey, this existed, but also it's just like, this is my own personal story of uh, quarantine pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But truly, I think everyone's going to relate so much. I think so many people, Kimmy and I, myself included, have that guy. You know, it's like that that guy thing. It's like, ugh, it's the he's just that guy or girl. Everyone's or, got it. Yeah, non-binary person that is like in your head. And yeah, the whole so, Yes. And Erin, yeah. where can everyone find you, follow you, check out Erin's work? Um, it's very cool. The first time you emailed us, I just like, I think it clicked or I Instagram stalked you and I was like, oh shit, that, she's like oh, some you. real skills. Uh, you, can, you can find my work at, um, in, on, I post most regularly on Instagram, Instagram.com. Like I might need to figure all over Instagram. <laughs> 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 Yeah, so it's interesting. But my handle is Aaron, E-R-I-N underscore the underscore creator. Um, my website is Aaron-Williams.com. And um, yeah, those are my two main spots. We'll link them below as well. So you can go check a fellow um, member of the listenership out and support Aaron, who's just an obviously cool person, as you've all just heard. Um, oh, hi. Yes, I'm so awkward, but... <laughs> I know I this is I listen to you both and it's just it's so like wild to actually like be in conversation with you and then also see you and talk it's, it's a lot of a lot of bells and whistles going on probably now, it's, it's so weird probably because you haven't seen our faces like in well, I've seen like, your, I've seen the icon and then it's like you know it's like so you different. know who is you but then it's like oh whoa you know it's, it's wild it's the best kind of wild oh that's very nice. oh Thank it was so great so to much. talk to you like loved hearing from you loved loved all of it and please stay in touch let us know what happens and um thank you a million yeah thank you both for having me this has been such a pleasure thank you Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.